0: Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host Urban Lee. Each week you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Urban Lee. This is
1: Irvin Lee, your host of From Beer to the Bible. Welcome. I got my co-host Scott with me. Scott. Hey Urban. Great to have you on the show with us again. Good to be here. I'm going to kick us off by reading the scripture, Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the children born into one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. I love that scripture and it talks about the importance of being blessed with children and our topic today is is a deep one and one that needs to be discussed we're going to talk about the effects of alcoholism on the children that live in the house with alcoholics so it should be great and rich dialogue but first let us pray father we thank you for the privilege to spread your word to help those who are suffering from drug and alcohol addiction and we pray for their children, that they're blessed and that they're healed in their mind, their body, soul and spirit. In Jesus name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, Scott's going to read us a passage out of the big book.
2: Thanks, Irvin. This is uh, from the big book of AA, Bill and Bob. And, and I remember when I first read this in treatment, I thought, man, somebody's been living in my house. Right. Um, and they have a, a section that's called to the wise. But to me, it's, it's really the wise, but also to the to the kids. Right. Mm-hmm. The impact we have. Correct. Um, And what this section reads is, How could men who love their wives and children be so unthinking, so callous, so cruel? There could be no love in such person, we thought. And just Mm -hmm. as we were being convinced of their heartlessness, they would surprise us with fresh resolve and new attentions. For a while, they would be their old sweet selves, only to dash the new structure of affection to pieces once more. Asked why they commenced to drink again, they would reply with some silly excuse or none. It was so baffling, so heartbreaking. Could we have been so mistaken in the men we married? When drinking, they were strangers. Sometimes they were so inaccessible that it seemed as though a great wall had been built around them. Yes. And even if they did not love their families, how could they be so blind about themselves? What had become of their judgment, their common sense, their willpower? Mm-hmm. Why could they not see that drink meant run to them? Yeah. Why was it when these dangers were pointed out that they agreed and then got drunk again immediately? I look at that and that was my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to do this and then I would do it every day, you know, and and it didn't start out every day. You Mm -hmm. know, my, my drinking escalated over years. It's a progressive disease, right? It grew in me. And, and, um, you know, but when I drank a lot, I thought, well, I won't do that at the next party. I won't do that at the next event. And then I would, but then it became a daily thing. You know, and the impact of my family was, uh, one, I was on the road with my career working. So a lot of it they didn't see, but when I was home, I was so spent mentally, physically, emotionally, you Mm -hmm. know, the guilt and the shame and and because of what I knew I had done on the road drinking and, uh, you know, I I laid around, I wasn't present, you know, I was absent, Yeah, you know, that wall went up. Uh, in, in the latter years of it, when I was home more and not traveling as much, I still was absent. Yeah. I was in bars. I wasn't mm-hmm. home I, and I didn't want to come home till after everybody's in bed. Cause I didn't want to see him in the, for them to see me in the condition I was in. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, to this day, uh, you know, while I, I still try to make the living amends and still do with my kids, uh, and even with my ex-wife, you know, I, I have a good relationship with my daughters today yeah. and they're grateful that I'm not doing what I did before. Mm-hmm. And there were some hard conversations around that about what their dad used to be like. I'll, I'll never forget my youngest daughter, Caroline, when I uh, knew I needed to tell her the whole story because I've been asked to share it at the church I was going to at the time. And she was going to hear a lot of details she hadn't heard before. Right. And we had just gone to go see, I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. And in that story, there's a story about Bart and his dad and his dad was full of anger and and, and the restoration of his dad and how that relationship was healed. And and I yep. told Caroline, I said, you remember in that movie we saw, what was Bart dad's like, And she said, man, he was full of anger, dad. He was an angry man. Yeah. But then he found God he became a nice man. Yeah. And she was sitting on my desk in my office at the house. And she looked at me and she said, dad, I love the dad I have today. You used to be angry like Bart's dad. And that's, and my heart just crushed, yep. you know, that, Here's a, you know, she was nine years old at the time, you know, 10. That's what she had seen in her dad to that point. But I was also in that moment grateful she saw something different and Mm -hmm. not just me, but she knew who'd made that change. Yeah. You know, that God was behind that change, you know, in his relationship in my life.
1: I, I, as I think about alcoholism and drug addiction, we often talk about the person who's in recovery their spouse but so many times children are are overlooked and one of the things that i know my wife and i we never had our own children but we had children my nieces and nephews who came to live with us and some of that during some of that time they got to see me in my active addiction and one of the things i had to overcome was the embarrassment Because the thing that I did learn about children and raising children, whether they're your own biologically or not, they become yours, but we say so many things to them, but they watch what we do. And there was a disconnect between the things that I'm going to use the word preaching that I was preaching to them. Don't do this. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't behave this way. Well, there was a major disconnect because my behaviors did not line up to the words that I was constantly preaching to them, the counsel and the advice. And I began to see them watching more of what I was doing versus what I was saying. And then when I did exit rehab and I came back to the house, I think some of the toughest amends and apologies that I had to make was to the children that were in our household. And I think I was, I was, I was shameful. I was disappointed, but I was also hurt because there is nothing greater than the opportunity to influence children in a way that leads them to Christ, Because so many times now they're inundated with messaging, with things that lead them away from Christ. And I hate to think that at any point during my active addiction that I gave them pause around the Lord and the power of the Lord. So that was one of the, the major effects, I believe, that it had on them. But I also think when I came back in honesty and told them my story, a lot of it they got to see, and then when I said, look, you saw what this did to your uncle. You saw it nearly, it nearly destroyed me. Then it carried weight because they saw what it did to me. And I said, I would recommend that you don't drink. And I think again, it's God taking something that was bad and using it for good. And at this point of of the four that live with us, a couple of them don't drink. And I think the reason is they saw what it did to their uncle.
2: Yeah, you know, I uh, they were some of the hardest amends and conversations to have with my kids. And, you know, and I've mentioned the one about my youngest daughter Caroline. You know, my my oldest. Uh, daughter Mackenzie when I had that conversation with her she was she was certainly gracious and her comment to me after I said what I had to say and uh, her comment was it's okay dad I love you and uh, I'm glad you're better and I'm glad you're going to be here for me and that you're not going to die you know and and to think that that's what she thought before you know and you know, we, we see each other frequently and text frequently and hang out together. And, and you know, that part of that, those relationships have been restored and are certainly healthy and today, but you know, I have a son too and, yeah. uh, I've not talked to him in several years and despite having tried to make those amends, um, you know, he just decided he didn't want anything to do with. It. Yeah. Because of what he had seen, right? So to your mm-hmm. point about that fear of and the shame of of what we teach our children by our actions. Yeah. Uh you know, I, I still have one I'm working on, you know, and, yeah. and I don't know how that's gonna play out, or if it ever will. At this point it's in God's hands, you know. Yeah. But I love him dearly and um the door's always open for him. Uh and I and I have said all I can say. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and he's made the choice to, to not engage. And, you know, and I have to live with that.
1: Yeah. What I was during rehab and it became a common theme. And honestly it bothered me because we were all be sitting around and we were talking and we would talk about our family and there was always this common denominator. Oh, my uncle, my, my grandfather, my dad was an alcoholic and I'm going to encourage parents now. If you have alcoholism and drug addiction generationally in your family, you need to sit down and be honest and be transparent with your children about it. You need to give them a warning. And I never did that. I never got that. But I do that now to all my nieces and nephews. I said, look, we have a history and a pattern of alcoholism in our Mm -hmm. lives. This is just our reality. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to encourage you to stay away from alcohol. And I have to be transparent with them. And I think we owe it to our children to be transparent about addiction in our families. Because if you're aware of it, I think that may help become a deterrent. And at least you know you go into the situation with your eyes wide open.
2: Yeah. I, I, uh, I remember I received a uh, long letter from my dad after I had come clean about what condition I was in and I was going to have to go to treatment and that I knew I was dying if I didn't. And that letter, it was an apology from him and regrets for having not talked about the family history. Yeah. I I didn't know about it, but my granddad had had a drinking problem. Um, and this goes back in the early thirties, even before AA even existed. He had gone to a bootlegger and, and drank a bottle of whiskey and showed up picked my grandmother up for a date when they were still dating and he was courting her and, and she made the comment of it's me or the whiskey, but you can't have both of us and you got mm-hmm. two weeks to figure it out. Right. He came back two weeks later, never drank again the another day of his life. Mm-hmm. Um you know, but it uh I know other family members that have struggled with it. My mom's side, my dad, my granddad had several brothers. They all died of alcoholism. I never met him. I never even knew about him. Yeah. I didn't learn that history until after I put all my garbage on the table. Yeah. And you know, I, my dad felt bad about that. They hadn't shared that and that they were blaming themselves a bit, you know, mm-hmm. for the condition I found myself in. And, and I told him quickly, I hey, look, you don't, that's not your burden to bear. Yeah. Even if you had told me, I don't know that it would have changed the outcome. May it have, may I have, have stopped sooner or recognized sooner. I had a problem. Maybe yeah. would it have prevented me from drinking? I have no idea. There's no way to ever know that. But I do think it's important to, to be transparent and share that family history. I, my kids know the family history. Yeah. They know that if they, if they dance with it, they got to be careful Yeah, because it, the odds are against them.
1: Yep. And the key is just being transparent about it. As we look at our children, we talk to them about sex. We talk to them about, I'm going to say drugs, meaning alcohol is a drug. But when we say drugs, we tend to think about meth, marijuana. We talk to them about those things. But with alcohol being legal, I don't know very many parents who sit down and talk about you need to be 21 before you have your first drink. Harvard came out with a study that said if you can keep your children away from alcohol until they are of legal age, when they have their first drink, they are 90 percent less likely to become an alcoholic. Well, when you look at children today, you ask the average one, well, when did you have your first drink? a lot of times it's around 16 17 in high school right
2: well i would tell you that number is getting lower i I was involved for uh several years up until covid uh with uh Capel police department had a program the teen diversion program for kids that had gotten busted uh non-felony offenses first offenses for drug and alcohol related uh, and tobacco because tobacco is legal at their age but most of them were drug and alcohol related. Mm-hmm. And during that, I, I heard the average age for kids in the state of Texas to use their first substance, whether it's drug or alcohol is down to 13 years old. That's middle school for most yeah. kids. Yes. Um, you know, the the other thing that was interesting in hearing that in that program, one thing, the great things about it was at the end of this six weeks program, these kids had to write a letter of what they had learned and the impact that it had made from speakers telling their stories and the, the counselors that came in and talked about the mental aspects of it or the medical aspects of it. And I'll never forget. There's one of the students that came back in and, and it was just heart wrenching because I, I thought, man, what did my kids see? And I just, I felt felt for the parent hearing it mm-hmm. was I come home and what I see in my parents and in the parents of my friends, is it an order to deal with life's challenges and to deal with us? They have to have their two, three, four glasses of wine. They have to have their cocktail. They have to have their, they can't deal with me until they've had their substance in them because I'm that difficult. Yeah. And, and I thought, and you could just see the look on the parent's face when the child said that, Yeah, you know, child saying, accept me, love me, but you can't do that without a substance.
1: Yeah. And the effects, there are three that I noticed. Not only in the children that live with us, but my friends who are in recovery, their children. And I wrote them down. Shame, disappointment, and blame. Shame, disappointment, and blame. Shame in the fact that my parent, my custodian, is an alcoholic. Is it because of me? Is it because I'm here? Disappointment in when you're in your active addiction, you miss a lot of things that Mm -hmm. are really important to your kids or worse. You show up drunk. And when you show up drunk and so many times we believe that, well, our kids didn't notice. They didn't see, well, their friends, they
2: see everything.
1: They, 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 their friends notice their parents, friends notice, and they talk about it and it gets back to the child. And all of a sudden, the child doesn't even want you to come because when you're there, you're not really there. You're Mm -hmm. drunk. And a lot of times, you're not only embarrassing yourself, which the alcoholic only sees himself or the addict, you're also embarrassing your child. And the other thing is you lose moments and you lose time and impact in your child's life that they look back and they miss that time that they wish you would have been there although you were there physically yeah. you were out of it in every other way
2: yeah and and it's uh you know forgiving yourself's one of the hardest things to do is i thought as part of the amends process and getting sober you know i I'll never forget when I came up my first amends list and and my sponsor at the time Jim looked at me and he goes, you forgot one. I'm like, Oh, he goes, you, and you need to be at the very top of that list Mm -hmm. because it's going to be the hardest amends you make. You know, you need to go to the dentist. You need to go to the doctor. You need to go, you need to forgive yourself. The reality of the things you've missed with your kids and your family is going to start to hit. Yeah. And you're going to have to forgive yourself multiple times. It's not Mm going to happen once. And, you know, as you have those conversations with your kids and you're making those living amends, the regrets of the things you missed are going to come up. Yeah. And he was right. They did. And they still do to this day. Yep. And, uh, you know, I don't beat myself up about it like I used to. Mm -hmm. Uh, And part of that gets back. I know we, we previously talked at a show, we talked about gratitude, right? I, I, when I start to go down that rabbit hole, I start to, you know, pause, step back. What am I grateful for? I'm grateful I'm alive. I'm grateful i God willing, I'm going to get to walk my daughters down the aisle. Yeah. I'm engaged with them today. I attend stuff. You know, she wants me picking her up. My youngest daughter wants me picking her up from school and she's in middle school. Mm-hmm. You know, they want me to be a part of their lives mm-hmm. and I want to be, yep. um, uh, but I can go down that rabbit hole real quick. Right. Cause I still have a son that I haven't talked to in a while.
1: Well, as I heard you speak, I, I wrote down three things and this is my experience from dealing with my children was don't become impatient. Don't become impatient with them Mm -hmm. because I was sober. I laid out, apologized, made amends for all those things that I could remember. And then I waited and thought, Oh, you should forgive me. And I wanted it to be overnight. You have to give them time to work through those feelings, those emotions, those disappointments. And, I had to realize, don't be so aggressive in pushing them to forgive me. I did my part, but I have to allow them to work through it. And everyone's process of forgiveness is different. And then when you don't get forgiveness, I encourage you, don't let the unforgiveness that you believe you're not getting from your children Mm -hmm. become resentment. And then you resent them and continue to spiral of relationship which is the relationship into number, negative territory
2: which is our number one offender and the number one of the number one reasons for people relapsing that deal with addiction is resentments you know i one of the things i also learned in the process of watching my daughters was uh that unconditional love and forgiveness i mean i you know i did get it yeah and and it's not held over to my head to this day yeah you know they're just grateful to have their dad back yeah and and kids are resilient Uh, but they'll also extend that grace freely seeing that you're authentic and sincere in the changes you're trying to make.
1: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you and I think we need to have patience, patience in allowing our children to process who we were and who we are and who we become in Christ through our healing from alcohol and drug addiction. This is Rich conversation we're excited to continue it on the other side. We'll be right back.
0: We'll be back with more of From Beer to the Bible right here on The Word 100.7 FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal and the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee.
1: Welcome back. This is Irvin Lee with my co-host Scott. We are going to give you some key information. If you want to support the ministry, you can go to HamptonMinistries.org. If you want to find information about the book, you can go to com. We've been talking about the effects of alcoholism on children who are in the household when we have been in our active addiction. And I wanted to wrap up, and then I'm going to give Scott... A few moments to wrap up as well. It is a process of healing that takes time. And I had to learn to be patient with my children as they recovered themselves from all of the negative effects, which there are quite a few, of living with someone suffering from alcoholism for a long period of time. Scott you want to add anything to that
2: yeah I think uh, having patience and um, you know just daily living those amends and also the other thing I want to throw in is is to don't be hesitant to reach out to get family counseling if that's something that is needed for the kids that's it's critically important to get them the help they need to walk through this journey as well if that's if you see that need
1: yeah because many times I, I hear the wife getting counseling the husband getting counseling and too many times we leave our children out and we need to make them, make sure that they get the help that they need. And I want to leave you today with the love. I love you. The faith is in Christ Jesus and the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God
0: always richly bless you. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's com.